I want you to think about something for just a moment. Paul said that God loves you more, more than your being is able to comprehend. God loves you more than your being is able to comprehend. Think about what that means. The creator of the universe created you so that he could love you more than you could ever hope to understand. And it's that same creator that is here in our midst this morning. To express his love, his zeal, his desire. To brag on you. To make a demonstration of his love in you. To accomplish his good will in your life. Father, this morning, we are so thankful for your, for your bountiful love, for your uncomprehendable love. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, here in our midst. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen. I would like to open up with John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with the sour wine and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. It is finished. There is nothing more to be done in order for you to complete God's perfect will in this life. And I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I got to say, it's not dependent on you. It's dependent on Jesus. He's the one that finished it. Now, certainly we do have a, a part in it. God designed it that way. But our part is just to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to this verse and pull out some words. It says, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. That word now in the Greek is the word eta. It means even now, by this time already. So, Before Jesus gave up his spirit, he had already finished, completed, and accomplished, (coughs) excuse me, all that needed to be accomplished 
to fulfill God's will and to provide for our salvation. And then it says, knowing that all things were now, even now, by this time accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Might be fulfilled? Is that like a maybe? No. In the Greek, the word is teleo. And it means to make perfect, to complete, to carry through completely, to accomplish, finish, to bring to an end. So Jesus, knowing that all things were now, even by this time already, brought to an end. In order that the the, the scripture would be completed in the sense that the message, the good news, would be completed. He said, I thirst. And then that word finished in verse 30. He said, it is finished. And again, it's that same word similar to accomplish, teleo. Not similar, it is the same. It means to perform, execute, complete, to do just as commanded and generally involving the notion of time to perform the last act which completes a process. And there was a process to the gospel. There was law, there was grace. The law needed to be fulfilled. And Jesus filled the, or completed the last step in the process of completing the law. And in so doing, providing for our salvation. So if, if we looked at John chapter 19, verses 28 and 33 in the Wayne DeClue paraphrase, it would probably read, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were by this time already complete, because Jesus did (coughs) just as commanded by his Father, that the scripture was by this time already accomplished and the plan of salvation was by this time already complete, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with wine and put it on hyssop and and put it to his mouth, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, I have performed the last act which completes the process of providing salvation. And with that, bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He gave up his spirit because there was nothing more to do. It was done. It was completed. It was finished. Luke chapter 24, verses 46 to 49 Then he said to them, thus, is it, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send my prom- the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. 
I'm sure you've all heard the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? As Christians, we know it was the chicken. I would like to propose a similar question. What came first, teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit or empowerment of the Holy Spirit? I stand here today before you as an ambassador of the King of Kings to relate to you his message for you today. If you give, if I give an interesting and entertaining presentation of that message, which my throat doesn't seem to want to cooperate with, excuse me, (coughs) um, what will that profit you? You have spent 40 minutes hopefully entertained, heard some neat ideas, But if it doesn't touch your heart, if it doesn't change who you are, it's a waste of time. If you share the gospel with others with persuasive words of human wisdom, what does that profit them? The Apostle Paul affirmed in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This morning, if you put your faith in the wisdom of what the Holy Spirit has showed me, if, you, if that's all you put your, your, your faith in, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But if you put your faith in the knowledge and the power of God who loves you more than you can comprehend, who has sent, already sent his Holy Spirit upon you to empower you, you will be changed. Mark chapter 16 verses 14 through 18 says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I want you to notice something here. Jesus starts out by saying, (laughs) where's your faith? Why wouldn't you believe? He rebuked them for their unbelief, their lack of faith. And then in the next sentence he says, oh, now you go out and make disciples of the world. I I, I need to tell you something. If you are waiting to be perfect for the Holy Spirit to use you, it's not going to happen. It's never happened to any human being except maybe Jesus, except Jesus. If God waits for us to be perfect and never sin and reach some kind of pinnacle where we are 
spiritual enough for the Holy Spirit to use, the church wouldn't be in existence today. Because every one of the apostles and the leaders of the early church were sinners saved by grace. Even once they were saved, they were perfect in God's sight, but they made lots of mistakes in their own sight. But the Holy Spirit used them powerfully. And that's what he wants to do in you. He's not waiting for you to get perfect. He's waiting for you to say, yes, Lord, here am I. He just needs a willing vessel. In fact, all the vessels he uses are cracked. We're supposed to leak Jesus out. I recently saw a Facebook post that said, a liberal church says you are welcome here and you don't have to clean up your life. A legalistic church says you are not welcome here until you clean up your life. But Jesus says, you are welcome here, and I will change you from the inside out. God will use you if all you do is say, Lord, here am I. Now, there's a little bit more to that, of course. You know, when I say, here am I, that means I need to spend a little bit of time listening to him. Sensing what his Holy Spirit is asking me to do and then being obedient to do it. But notice it was Jesus that cleans us from the inside out. He is the one who's made the way. He's the one who's provided what we need to be obedient. It's not a hard thing to do because he has given us a new nature, a nature that desires to please God. You do not, in fact, you cannot be perfect before the Holy Spirit can use you. What you do need is to be on fire for God. That's why the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. That word love in the Greek is agape, the God kind of love. Pursue the God kind of love. And the word for desire Zelo, burn with zeal for. I think the interpreters missed it here in the New King James. It's not just to desire. Oh, it'd be nice. It means to burn with zeal for. Spiritual gifts. Again, the Wayne DeClue paraphrase would probably read 1 Corinthians 14.1 as, Pursue God and his love for people, for people, and burn with zeal for spiritual gifts, so that others' faith will not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. You maybe have been thinking, maybe still thinking, God won't use me. You may be thinking that based on your past experiences, on the fact that you are not yet walking a sinless life or that you are not on fire enough for God to use. 
Well, I have to say, experience does not trump what the Word of God says. If I prayed for eight people and eight people weren't healed, I need to pray for the ninth one like the eight were healed. Because it's not based on my experience, it's based on the Word of God that says, by His stripes, you have been healed. I don't even come to the point that I'm not even worrying about why they weren't healed anymore. I used to get frustrated. I used to get mad. Mad at me, mad at God. Sometimes mad at them. But the bottom line is, <clears throat> it doesn't matter what happened in the past. It's what the Word of God says and what I believe for today. Our faith rests on what God says, not what our experience seems to teach us. Do you think you're not good enough, a good enough Christian to be used by the Holy Spirit? Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 says the following. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father... Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now I have to say, if the unsaved can work miracles in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit can use his kids to do the same. Positionally before God, you are sanctified, you are perfect, you are sinless. He is well pleased with you. He wants to use you. Looking back at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue God and burn with zeal. Paul would not instruct us to do so unless God wanted us to do so. And the Holy Spirit is waiting, ready to fall on you with fire and power. If you will just allow him to. Don't put him off by saying, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not holy enough. You are spiritual enough. You are holy enough. You're more spiritual and more holy than the, than the unsaved. You see, those, those unsaved, they understood one thing. They understood that there's power in the name and the blood of Jesus. And that using the name of Jesus carries spiritual authority. Whether they or not, they had received Jesus as their Savior. Here at COC, we are moving towards activating our spiritual gifts. Not because it proves, proves any sort of spirituality, but because it places the faith of those that we minister to in the power of God and not in the wisdom of our persuasive speech. <clears throat> that is why Jesus told his apostles to wait until they were empowered by the Holy Spirit you know, I think walking with Jesus for three and a half years, they likely received some teaching on moving in the gifts of the Spirit. 
exercising the authority in Christ. And I suspect having to deal with the church, the early church, they learned even more about that after the Holy Spirit empowered them. But Jesus said, wait until you are empowered. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit has already been given. He fell on Pentecost almost 2,000 years ago. We don't have to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. What we do need to do is receive the empowerment that the Holy Spirit has come to give us. Just as the gospel just as with the gospel, walking in the leading and power of the Holy Spirit is a way of life. And we need fresh fire and fresh empowerment to walk daily as ambassadors of Christ, which, by the way, you are, as well as I. This ground that the Lord has given us here at COC has a history of being a place of God's fire. Summer Bible camp, Christian Outreach Church, Christian Outreach School of Ministries, Bible and Literacy League, Christian Outreach School, TNT Ministries, Teaching Resources, many pastors and missionaries all have their beginnings right here. And they're all spirit-filled, spirit-empowered ministries. And God is not done with us yet. He has formed a nucleus of mature disciples here for his purpose. The Holy Spirit has had us in a time of retooling for the next phase of his perfect plan and will for the United States and for the world. We have not been forgotten. There is a new move of the Holy Spirit coming, acknowledged by many current-day prophets of God, that is starting in the Midwestern United States and specifically in the St. Louis region, among others. And Christian Outreach Church is part of God's plan to renew his church in the Midwest. And you, if you remember when it says, the newer shall be greater than the latter, glory, this new move of the Holy Spirit will be greater than anything you have ever seen in your past. God is calling us to do the impossible. The Holy Spirit said it's time for his church to become one, to walk in unity with each other. Remember, God said, this is how people will know Christians, by their love. And it's not just by their love for one another in this building, in the body that meets here in Goldman at 4430 Outreach Drive. It's for his body. Whether we have our theology together or not, we are to love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Respect and honor one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. 
Matthew chapter 19, verses 25 and 26. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That word saved, sojo, it means completely whole, including the unity of the body of Christ on this earth. Mark 16, verses 19 through 20. So then after the Lord spoke unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Pursue the God kind of love. Self-sacrificing. Active in meeting the needs of others. Jesus didn't just say, oh, there's my people. They need a savior. He said, there's my people. They need a savior. I'm coming. I'm doing. I'm doing until it's finished. <coughs> Burn with zeal for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to work with you. And confirm the words you speak as God's ambassadors through accompanying signs, miracles, and wonders. I recently heard a teacher say, signs, miracles, and wonders are not a confirmation of your ministry. They are a confirmation of God's love for others, for people. This is the way Jesus did it and demonstrated it. He went out, he worked wonders, he taught, people believed. This is the way the early church did it and demonstrated it. They went out, they worked wonders, they taught, people believed. It's not about those that you will minister to and their ability to receive your ministry to them. It's about Jesus. He paid the price to make you worthy. He has provided everything we need to live a life pleasing to God, which includes being used by the Holy Spirit to cement others' faith in the power of God. Worship team, will you please come? And uh, those in the foyer, would you please come too, co-cert included, find a seat in here. As they're coming, I don't have the scripture reference, but in Corinthians, Jesus talks, or uh, Paul talks about the, Holy, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Spirit gives severally as he wills. That means while you may be stronger in one gift or another, you don't just have one gift. And I think the gift that you have Peter, you need to be in here too. Sorry to call you out. but And the gift that you have is the gift that, ha the, the gift that you will have is the gift that's needed at the time. So my gift may not be the discerning of spirits, but if there's a need for that gift and there's no other, nobody else there to exercise the gift, the Holy Spirit will give that gift to me for that instance. 
Because Jesus wants to meet needs. Jesus wants to prove his love to people. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed for just a minute. If you have never prayed in another tongue, an unknown tongue, would you raise your hand, please? If you have never given a prophecy, would you raise your hand, please? Thank you for those hands. The Holy Spirit didn't just send me to tell you these things. He sent me so that he could demonstrate these things in your life. So if you raised your hand, I believe in Jesus' name that you are going to do so this morning. God is no respecter of persons. We're going to enter into a time of worship, enter into God's presence, into his very throne room. We're going to pursue God this morning and burn with zeal for his active manifestation in our life, in Jesus' name. And as we do, do so, remember it is not your worthiness. Jesus has already declared that it is finished. You are worthy because of the blood of the Lamb. Seek God's face this morning as we worship. If he instructs you to do something, do it. Believe. Believe how much God loves you, even though you can't understand it. Believe how much the Holy Spirit wants to fill you and use you. After a time of seeking God this morning, we will celebrate and end the, the service with communion. And if you have Father's Day's plans, I don't know that this will go long, but... You will just spend a little time with our Father, Abba Father in heaven, okay? If you feel like coming up to the lectern, coming up around the platform to seek God earnestly, to burn with desire, don't hesitate. Be obedient.